Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Sarah Granger. She is an award-winning digital media innovator and best-selling author of The Digital Mystique, How the Culture of Connectivity Can Empower Your Life Online and Off. Sarah has spent more than 25 years building technology and media ventures. She's the founder and CEO of Leading in Digital, when she advises and trains global leaders on digital strategy, and she's also a frequent keynote speaker and lecturer. Her articles have been published widely, including in places like Forbes, the Huffington Post, Harvard Business Review, and the San Francisco Chronicle, reaching millions of readers around the world. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Uh, wonderful to have you here, uh, and I want to talk a lot about the whole digital aspect of marketing thought leadership because we talk about marketing thought leadership in a very broad perspective, but how do you see this, this whole digital mystique influencing entrepreneurs and business owners and managers? Sure. Well, it's becoming such a, a, an important aspect of all of the marketing that we do. Digital has really taken on a greater percentage of that, and a lot of companies are still struggling to figure out what that means, and so we have to look at others and, and see what works in that respect, but uh, customers and are expecting to have public faces from our organizations are expecting a certain amount of information on digital channels, so it's really important to get um, all of that out there to them. So tell me, what do you think is, is most important in, in sort of creating this whole digital thought leadership? Where would you start? Well, it may sound trite, but I, I tell people that they, they do need to focus on the authenticity piece because customers and, and users, they can tell when you're not being genuine about who you are and what you're trying to do. So making sure that uh, there's a consistent, authentic voice coming from the leadership of the company talking about what you're doing and why you're doing it is, is really crucial to keep people engaged with the company. And beyond that, just listening and learning from your customers, clients, partners, constituents to find out what it is that they need and what they want from you. So it's funny because in so many cases I find something that appears to be written by the leader of a company yet it doesn't feel like it came from them at all. And, and what you're saying is it's more important that we get the real voice of the company leader than that we get a lot of quantity of material that, that is sort of ghost-written and, and not right. Yeah, that's what I've seen, certainly. And even if you get one post, one really solid post from a CEO per year, that'll, that'll bring a, a lot more buzz than a consistent uh, blog from, you know, ghost-written by that person, but that said, the company still needs to have a, a consistent ongoing voice. It just doesn't have to be, it doesn't always have to be from the top level. It can be other people as long as they're transparent about um, where the content is coming from. And it's pretty common. I'm actually researching um, ghostwriting for this purpose um, for an article, but it's it's become pretty commonplace to do that. But I think that the companies that um, are most successful are the ones who are, are pretty clear about who's writing what. Right. 
So we still need to communicate on a consistent basis, but we just don't want to pretend that someone is who they're not. So that makes right. sense. So you've been working on this a long time. You've been, I, I know, I've known you for several years, and I know you've done this for quite a while. What do you see, because there's so much thought out there right now and so much discussion about uh, digital and digital media, and yet I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. So what do you see that, that you've learned that perhaps some of the folks haven't gotten yet? What is still out there that we need to clear up or, or emphasize? There are a few things that stand out to me. One of them is the whole broadcast mentality. A lot of the time, um, and I think you go into this some in, in your book, Marketing Above the Noise, but uh, just putting too much of the same content out there all of the time on every channel, it doesn't necessarily help companies. And a lot of them have, have translated this sort of uh, traditional PR process into digital. And that doesn't really work. People are looking for um, a little variety, they're looking for some flavor, and they're lo they don't want the same message on each platform at the same time. And so right. having a little variety uh, really helps, and I think some people are still sort of – I think there's a fear around um, how much you should really deviate from the the process of approving information that you put out there. But when you take some chances and, and really pull on that authentic – piece, it, it, it makes a big difference. And the other part that I have noticed the problem is there's such a focus on quantified data right now. But So this is sort of a flip example of the other one. Now everyone has all these detailed stats, and they're, they're all really getting knee-deep in the data, but they're forgetting the old-fashioned qualitative data, the letters and the, and the emails from people saying, you know, this is what I want and this is what you're doing wrong. And so um, I'm thinking a lot of the, the newer so-called social media experts don't pay as much attention to the qualitative responses in the marketplace. And uh, I, I think that's it's beginning to shift back where people are paying more attention to that, but that's the other area that I've noticed um, has not been emphasized so much. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you because it, it's let's get everything out there and let's measure it and see how many clicks and how many likes and how many people, you know, linked on something or whatever. But we're sort of losing what are people really trying to say. So it, it sounds like we need to have a combination of quality and quantity to make sure that we're capturing all that good information um, and that we are, as you mentioned, we're not just broadcasting to the world in general, but we have the ability to personalize and and go out and really target our audiences and our communications. So um, what do you think businesses are overlooking? Because certainly everybody wants to have a digital strategy, a digital marketing, a digital media strategy. What do you think is, is missing in, in online marketing for, for many businesses? Well, I think that a lot of it has become very packaged and formulaic. And because we have the ability now to look at the detailed stats and we have the ability to do rigorous testing and evaluation, uh, we're leaning so much on that that, um, again, we're not really having that, that fluid exchange and engagement with the customer because people are repackaging, oh, well, these, word, these exact words worked for us last year when we did this campaign. Let's try them again. Right. People know better than that. <laughs> so, you know, if I get the, the same message, uh, there's a lot of creativity out there in terms of online engagement, and, and I, I really uh, appreciate those 
companies that come up with unique campaigns because it's it's becoming more difficult to do, frankly, to get people's attention online with the deluge of information we get. But uh, you know, a great digital leadership strategy doesn't happen overnight. It requires a lot of thought, and uh, just checking off the boxes, reposting the same content doesn't doesn't really work. So I just tell people to put put the time into it at the beginning and, and come up with a really robust, uh, rich strategy for engagement that uh, involves more people. And, and the data absolutely is crucial, uh, and, and we can find out so much from it, but um, not to push it too far because there's always something missing in the data sets. You're absolutely right, and I've worked with clients that can analyze data up the yin yang, you know, they can look at everything from every angle, but the bottom line is they're not getting the results, and yet they have all this data. And I think that's because certain things, as you say, take some time to, you know, the cake takes time to bake, so to speak. And you take it out of the oven too soon, and you can analyze it to death, but it's still, you know, it hasn't really risen and, and it's not solid to eat. So I think that's probably part of the problem is, is trying to rush things. So, I mean, and this is kind of a general question, but. How long does it generally take for a digital marketing plan to provide results? I, I've seen people say, let's do this in 30 days or else, and that feels to me like not enough time. Well, you can see immediate results on highly targeted campaigns, but to really get a sense of where, uh, whether the needle is moving with people, it takes weeks to months, uh, just like any other marketing plan. You yep. have to see how it's evolving uh, with people and how they're warming up to it over time. I agree with you. So tell me, what are some of the characteristics that you see in some of the most successful digital thought leaders? I think the, the best digital thought leaders show their personalities and, and actively listen to others. They engage even when they aren't required to do so because that creates a trust framework that carries past the business and gives them lasting credibility in the community. And, and they surprise us, too. The, the, the people who do the best job will come out and they'll – They'll write a post or they'll do a podcast or they'll get on a conference with a live stream and they'll say something that wasn't expected and when they weren't really, when they weren't asked, they didn't need to be there, but they go because they want to participate and be a part of the community mm -hmm. and show that they're listening. And I think that that's really key because then people say, all right, this is a real person they care about, the company they care about, the users or the customers and and uh, those people if, if you look at who the the influencers are as the corporate leaders that's usually there's usually a, a correlation there interesting so and, and finally one last thought because we could talk about this all day but if you had to take one thing and, and say you know here's what you need to do to really understand this digital mystique and be successful what would be the one recommendation you would make to someone in marketing moving forward well, of course, I direct them to my book. <laughs> okay. But, you know, the book is, is about digital life, but it, it also includes several chapters on, on uh, the, the business piece. Um, and, but what I say in the, those key chapters is to take time, build out your uh, digital identity from the beginning, and even if you're already online you can you can and, and and very active with social media you can step back and say all right where are we now what what does this look like to people get a fresh perspective start over and build a, a digital strategy from the beginning what do you want to show people how 
do you want to reach them? Where are the, the platforms? And typically I advise people to choose two places to go where their customers are or their clients, whether their clients are more active on LinkedIn or Facebook, uh, or maybe they're just they're really email people, and so they want to focus on that. Just pick, pick two to begin with to, to really focus on and then build out from there because so many uh, companies, I think, will say, oh, we have to be on Snapchat and Instagram and everywhere that everyone is, and then that's where you get into trouble posting the same content all the time and not really customizing it as uh, it's needed to be. I absolutely believe that. You know, we need to we need to make sure we go where our customers are, and not expect them to somehow change and come to us. So we've been talking to Sarah Granger, and Sarah, thank you for being here. Before we go, can you tell us how we find out more about your book? Sure. It's uh, it's called the Digital Mystique, and you can find it uh, more about it on my website at sarahgranger.com. Sarah S A R A H G R A N G E R and it's also available on Amazon. Fantastic. Thank you very much. We've been here with Sarah Granger. She's the author of The Digital Mystique, How the Culture of Connectivity Can Empower Your Life Online and Off, and I want to thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you very much. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.